Good afternoon. Happy Friday, Acadiana. This is Joe Cunningham on the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965 KPL. Glad to be with y'all today. I don't know about y'all, but it's been an exhausting week, and I am glad for the weekend. Obviously, the big thing this weekend going on is the Super Bowl. And uh, most folks in Louisiana, obviously, pulling for the Bengals because we have a special tie to Joe Burrow. I am not going to give you any sort of analysis or inside look or anything like that because I'm not somebody who follows the NFL all that close. I watch the Saints out of state loyalty, but I've never really been big on the professional uh, the, the professional sports. I watch uh, uh, college football and college basketball, and that's really it for me for watching sports. I also watch some soccer because I also uh, watch a lot of soccer at at my school. And I'll watch it, you know, if I see it on, I'll, I'll turn it on and watch that for a while as well. But for the most part, um, I'm, not, I'm not watching professional sports, professional football. I'll watch the Super Bowl. I'll enjoy the commercials. And I will root for Joe Burrow. And that's about the extent of my Super Bowl coverage for the weekend. I want to jump right in today. Let's go right into redistricting. I'm already tired of talking about redistricting because there's no real progress yet. We know the steps that the lawmakers are going to go through. The Republicans are going to draw maps that favor the Republicans. The Democrats are going to cry gerrymandering. They're going to cry foul, all this stuff. It's going to go back and forth. There will be some negotiations, a possible veto from John Bell Edwards, and then we'll do it all over again until we get maps we either like or we go to court over it. But there's a story an issue making the rounds. It started this past weekend with some, what, what was obviously, I think, probably an oppo drop uh, as some news stations around the state got wind of the law firm that the Republicans are using to help guide them through the redistricting process. And of course, it's a law firm that is tied to other Republican redistricting efforts across the country. Uh, it's going to cost $10,000 a month. If, if the maps get taken court, it'll jump up to 60,000 a month. Um, the general membership of the legislature was not really aware of the hire other than leadership. And it's, it's becoming a thing. Uh, the other day, the advocate ran a story, how much is this costing? And, uh, now Julio Donahue with the Louisiana illuminator, this story being run in the USA Today network papers, uh, how much is the GOP spending on all this? Y'all, I only bring it up to ask one question. So what? So what? If the Republicans are in charge of the legislature, they can hire their law firm. If the Democrats are in charge of their of the legislature, they can hire their own law firm. And that's how it works in politics. If you win elections, you get to make the rules. Sometimes the rules get challenged in court. Sometimes the maps that these law firms are going to help drop are going to get challenged in court. Nobody is raising questions about Mark Elias, the guy across the country whose law firm is filing lawsuits in every Republican state challenging their maps, despite the fact that he's making a killing off of it. And it's costing the taxpayers who knows how much. But they want to focus on $10,000 a month or $60,000 a month for a Republican-tied law firm. This is a coordinated media effort 
in order to delegitimize what the Republicans are doing in redistricting. Do I like a lack of transparency in who they're hiring? Of course I don't. I wish they were more transparent about it, but the information's out there. You can go look this law firm up. You can see the efforts that they've put into redistricting in the past. This is about the Republicans not giving up their power. And I'm not exaggerating. That was an actual argument made in The Advocate. The Advocate actually argued that the Republicans are refusing to give up power by creating another majority-minority district. I'm sorry. If the Democrats can't win elections, they don't deserve to be handed power. This is going to go to the courts. And the courts are going to do like they said, like they did in Alabama. They're going to say, this is too close. We're not... We're not going to change the map right now. We're going to let it play through the system. But also, this isn't just about how many voters in a state you have that are white or black. This is about the concentration. You cannot draw a district based on population distribution right now that looks like a reasonable district if it's based solely on race. You cannot do it. It's going to look very funny. It'll look like a cracked windshield or it'll look like a snake winding through the state. Because population distribution has to play into the districts that you're drawing. And while there may be 30-something percent of citizens in the state that are black, the concentration where they live is not high enough in any of those particular areas to really give you a sensible-looking district. And a lot of people are going to get angry about that. And they're going to want to demand representation. And I'll tell you guys what I've been telling you since the beginning. This isn't about the congressional districts. Yes, the Democrats would love another majority-minority district because they know that they're about to lose the House in Washington, D.C., and they want to pad their numbers as best as possible. This is not about the congressional districts. This is about state legislative districts. And I've already told you guys a thousand times what's about to happen. Maps will be voted on, they'll be vetoed, they'll go back, they'll negotiate, and the maps that come out at the end are going to give you more black representation in the legislature and less white Democratic representation in the legislature. That's what's going to happen. Right now, we're just going through the process, but the media is launching this coordinated effort to delegitimize what the Republicans are doing about the congressional districts because it infuriates them that Republicans continue to be in power in the state. 232-1542. We are going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the calls for resignation against John Bell Edwards. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 965 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965 KPL. Joining the conversation, 232-1542. Also, join me online at Twitter, uh, Joe P. Cunningham there, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And if you miss any part of the show, check out the podcast form on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I saw this earlier today. I think, it, yes, the hayride. Uh, and now the calls for JBE's resignation. With a parenthetical aside that they won't be answered. Lawmakers have established a committee to investigate whether or not there was a cover-up 
in the death of Ronald Green and if that cover-up stemmed from the governor's office or if the governor's office had any part in it. The committee is four Republicans and four Democrats. One of those Democrats is uh, Mandy Landry. And she is a white Democrat. The rest, I believe, are black Democrats. And then four Republicans on the other side. The committee's going to invest. Now, again, this is about a cover-up. This isn't about a crime. The governor's not being accused of something illegal, right now at least. It's all about the cover-up. And that and from there it will they will look into other things, possible illegality and things like that. But right now they're just trying to see if there was a cover-up. John Bell Edwards put out a statement welcoming the committee and basically saying, you won't find anything, but I welcome it. Ronald Green, the victim of a brutal beating and death at the hands of Louisiana State Police, his family wants Edwards to resign. According to the family, they were contacted by Louisiana State Police shortly after Green died. Green's sister, Elena Harden, said they were told he died in the crash. They knew Big Brother over them would take care, said Mona Harden, Green's mother. They wouldn't have to finish. All they'd have to do is write a narrative, and the top brass would come up behind and clean up their mess. Now the family is demanding the governor fess up and step down. It's too late, Governor. Governor Edwards, it's too late. The blood of Ronald Green is stained on your hands as well. Said Harden, said Green's sister, Dana, uh, Danelle Harden. He's not speaking out because he cares about our family. He's only speaking out to save his face, his legacy. That's the only reason why, because he's been exposed. Green's family wants Edwards to resign. The National Bar Association is also out calling for him to resign. Citing reports by WBRZ's investigative unit and the Associated Press, the National Bar Association is calling for Governor John Bill Edwards to resign over his handling of the investigation into Ronald Green's 2019 death in police custody. The association released a statement Thursday morning as state lawmakers announced a bipartisan committee to look into what the governor and other high-ranking officials knew about the Green investigation and the apparent cover-up at state police. Quote, in light of recent developments brought to light by the Associated Press and WBRZ into the case of Ronald Green, it is clear that the highest office in the state of Louisiana not only knew of Mr. Green's death hours after his murder, but used its heavy hand to suppress the truth instead of help bring justice to the Green family. Justice was traded for political capital and survival. That is according to Association President Carlos Moore. The National Bar Association was founded in 1925 and is the nation's oldest and largest network of predominantly African-American attorneys and judges. It represents the interests of approximately 66,000 lawyers, judges, law professors, and law students. The NBA is organized around 23 substantive law sections, 10 divisions, 12 regions, and over 80 affiliate chapters throughout the United States and around the world. As Scott McKay the Hayride puts it, You've got a legislative committee formed to investigate the scandal, potentially with an eye toward impeachment. 
You have the family of the victim now calling for Edwards' resignation, and you have the National Black Lawyers Group joining in with those calls. Edwards isn't going to step down. He won't resign. The Democratic Party in the state of Louisiana is largely silent on this. And yesterday I mentioned that for the Legislative Black Caucus, they don't need to speak out right now. The truth will out. And either they get credit for sticking by Edwards if he's vindicated and he'll be in their debt, or they will be able to take charge of the party formally when their party's top leader is impeached and removed from office and publicly cast out of the square because of his involvement in this. The Legislative Black Caucus and the black politicians around the state are going to benefit from this one way or another because, as I've said time and again, they are looking for a way to wrest power away from the white Democrats that have run their party and have frankly ignored their constituency all throughout. But also in this, also among all of this, is the fact that Edwards has not said anything since his statement about the the committee. And he gave the public statement denying everything at the public press event when the story first broke. He's been relatively silent ever since. He's going to face some sort of retribution in this. The voters can't vote him out of office. He's term limited. His political career in Louisiana is probably over. Governor was about as high as Edwards can hope to attain. He's not going to be able to run for Senate and win. He certainly can't run against uh, Kennedy, for sure. Whoever runs in Bill Cassidy's seat... When Cassidy's seat is up for re-election, I don't think Cassidy is running for re-election. Whoever's running for that seat, the Republican will be the favorite by far. Because as the maps and the legislative uh, the legislative breakdown shows, the Republicans are the group that wins in the state more often than not. It's the Republicans' own ineffectiveness at fielding a decent gubernatorial candidate that has given the seat to John Bell Edwards for two elections in a row, but I don't think the Republicans are going to repeat that mistake. I do not doubt their ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, but right now it's looking exceedingly difficult for the Democrats to, you know, for lightning to strike three times. But Edwards is going to have this hanging over him for the rest of his political career, and in a state... Again, that is one-third black voter. This hanging over Edward's head is enough to make sure he's not going to get an elected position again. So when he leaves office, Edwards is going to get a cushy lobbying job somewhere and keep his head low. That's all he's got left in him in the world of politics. Can't even really go back to being a trial lawyer like he was before he entered politics. He's too well-known. He's too, just, he, he can either enjoy a, a life of semi-quiet retirement or he can go into lobbying, make his money, do what he wants to do there. I'm not entirely sure that there's any Democrat that can replace Edwards after this. So he can't resign. 
there's no successor. Every other statewide elected position under him is Republican. 232-1542. We're going to take a break in just a moment, but before we do, I wanted to say this whole scandal is Louisiana historically has these cover-up scandals and things like we we can go back and we can talk about the good old boys network and everything like that. It's always been there. In the most recent election, 2019, with the exception of Edwards getting reelected, voters across the state of Louisiana chose more conservative than Republican candidates. Conservatives are a more dominant force in the state legislature right now. The good old boys network is losing power in the state of Louisiana, but this isn't just a Republican thing. The Democratic Party in the state of Louisiana also needs to realign itself and get rid of its good old boy network so that actual politics that represent actual voters can start to take place again. Because right now the state is being run by a bunch of technocrats who make decisions without any real voter input. We're off to a decent start with the number of conservatives that we've started electing. But there are still too many good old boys in power. And here in the state, we've got to do something about it. 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. When we come back, why are all of these Democratic governors going maskless? Well, I will tell you, and it has a little bit to do with Washington, D.C. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 965 KPEL. We will return after this break. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965 KPEL. Glad to be with you guys this wonderful Friday afternoon. Okay, I lied. I said I wasn't going to do any more coverage of the Super Bowl, but I am. Well, okay, I'm not going to give you coverage of the Super Bowl. Sports is not my thing. I was a sports writer. I can tell you about high school sports. But here is my thought. We're all going to be eating during the game on Sunday. What are you going to cook? Obviously, the you know the go-tos are like wings and things like that. We're in Louisiana. It's going to be kind of chilly, so maybe some gumbos out there. A friend tagged me in Facebook on Facebook in this post. There's a, a food blog, a, a recipe blog called The Food in My Beard. I'm just going to say the name of the dish. Let it sink in for a moment. Potato skin burger. Do you like potato skins? Do you like burgers? If so, I have good news. So get your potatoes, scoop them clean, make your potato skins, get them good and crispy, cook them, bacon, cheese in the middle, everything. Maybe some chives if you want to, maybe a little extra butter if you want to, salt and pepper, do that. Then cook your burger patties. Shape them to where they'll fit in those potato skins. And instead of a bun... You put potato skin, bun, some sour cream, potato skin on top. Have a potato skin burger. I now want to try this. I, may, I just may, actually. So my, my daughter turned 10. My oldest daughter turned 10. 
and she has been begging me to do ribs this weekend. So I will go get some ribs, put a rub on them, and then uh, tomorrow morning I will light the smoker and, and cook some ribs. She also wants me to bake. I'll probably make some sort of cake for her. She gets to choose out of the, the baking cookbooks I have. But on Sunday, I don't know. Maybe I'll do some more ribs. Maybe I'll do some more wings. Maybe I will do some potato skin burgers because the pictures on this blog look great. 232-1542. If you guys want to call in and talk about what you're going to cook for the Super Bowl, by all means, please do. Because that is, um, that is always, it, it, it's Friday. It's been a long week. There's been a lot of stories we've discussed. Maybe we want to kick back and talk about what we're cooking or eating for the Super Bowl. Maybe you're ordering out. Maybe you're finding a local business to support and you're ordering a bunch of stuff and having some friends over. Whatever it is. I think wings and these potato skin burgers are, might be the way I go. I'm not entirely sure yet. The White House is telling U.S. residents in Ukraine to evacuate immediately. Something appears to be up. There was also a report earlier today, I forget from where, uh, Vladimir Putin is withdrawing uh, naval forces from a seaport that they were blockading without blockading because actual an actual blockade of a seaport violates international law. But Putin is consolidating forces. He's moving away from this, and he's, it looks like he's ready to bring troops into Ukraine for an actual invasion. And the U.S. is telling civilians, U.S. citizens in Ukraine to get out. This administration is not currently providing help for them to get out. This administration seems perfectly content to leave Americans behind enemy lines and let them fend for themselves. The collapse in the polls are entirely on Joe Biden and they began with his failure to get American citizens out of Afghanistan, to leave Americans behind enemy lines. The utter failure of the Biden administration in Afghanistan led to his absolute collapse in the polls. This week, Democratic governors across the country have started to change their tune on mask mandates. This comes as the Biden administration is doubling down on insisting that we're not past the point of needing masks yet. The science has been very clear for a while. The masks aren't doing what they're supposed to do, what we've been told they're supposed to do. Something has changed these governors' minds. And, and my buddy Eric Erickson posted this on Twitter, and I think, it's a very val I think it's a very valid part of the reason here. Here's what he tweeted out. The National Governors Association met in D.C. at the very end of January. Each party goes behind closed doors. There are GA and D, uh, DGA meetings. I don't think it is a coincidence that these Democratic governors flipped on COVID and masks after their behind-the-closed-doors meeting with the Democratic Governors Association. I bet they had an after-election report on Virginia and polling on the current lay of the land. You can say they're following the science, but the President, Fauci, and CDC all say the science isn't there yet to get rid of the masks. But the Democrats have flipped after that governor's meeting. 
consider Biden's poll collapse after Afghanistan. Right now, his average is 54% disapproval. The most recent poll from Rasmussen, which is the most recent poll on, on the approval rating that we have at all, is 56%. That's nearly 6 in 10 Americans disapproving of Biden's job performance in virtually every category. The Democratic Party is about to face a very tough summer and a very tough winter. The sudden move to unmask in our states is not going to be enough. Voters are really pretty clever and can tell cynical political maneuvering when they see it. They, they can call BS. And that appears to be what's happening. This is a BS move by Democratic governors. Governors who have been spotted maskless at public events, but still preaching to their states they need to mask up and not removing the masking orders, all of a sudden, they're like, oh yeah, we're good. We can take off the masks now. Voters see what's going on there. What's more, voters still see an economy that's struggling despite a positive jobs report last week. Prices across the country are still high from energy to what we see in the grocery store. In Virginia, Democrats were certain that tying things to Donald Trump in the January 6th riot would motivate their voters. They had polling. I know that the DNC had internal polling that showed people wanted Congress to get to the bottom of it. But the Republican National Committee did as well. The Democrats interpreted the data wrong. Tying Glenn Youngkin to Donald Trump and January 6th didn't work. The voters don't care about Donald Trump. They didn't care about January 6th. People are concerned about education and the economy. You'll notice, by the way, that even the media isn't focusing on January 6th all that much. After their big anniversary coverage this past January 6th, the one-year anniversary of that riot, they haven't really talked about it much at all because their ratings collapsed that day. People weren't into it. They weren't interested in it. The only reason that they want Congress to investigate it is so that it can finally go away. The governors who want to say, oh, we can get rid of masks now are not following their president and the president's health administrations. They're following the science, but it's more political science than medical science. 232-1542 if you want to take part in the conversation. Or, like I said, if you want to call in and tell us what you're cooking for the Super Bowl, you can do all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 965 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965 KPEL. Breaking news. I told you guys my daughter wanted me to cook for her birthday this weekend. She has chosen the cake, and it is a white-layered cake with marshmallow buttercream. Uh-oh, this looks challenging. So that is the birthday cake I'm making. I'll post pictures to Facebook, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Uh, I will post pictures of that if we are successful with it. The So Oxford in England, um, they have these massive debates on contemporary issues, and they are these big formal debates and if you ever get to watch them or clips of them, they are truly fascinating, whether you agree with the person speaking or not. They are truly fascinating debates. The one held yesterday or, or sometime earlier this week 
was on whether or not society should go meatless. Should we become a vegetarian society? And I can't play the audio, but I there are several lines in this that you really, really need to listen to. So I will post this clip on my Facebook page as well. I've already retweeted it. So if you're on Twitter, at Joe P. Cunningham, you can find it. I've retweeted it there. Um, this woman, Carol Adams, speaking in a debate at Oxford Union at Oxford University. She is the author of a book, The Sexual Politics of Meat, a Feminist Vegetarian Critical Theory. The I, She says, the idea that corpses are the best source of protein is a racist, misogynist idea. And it, go, it devolves from there. It is truly the final stage of wokeness in the United States to say that eating meat is the epitome of white supremacy, white colonialism, racism, sexism, all of that. She accuses people of say of talking of talking about chickens and cows as being sexy beasts look nobody really truly sexualizes their cows and and chickens and and sheep except maybe in like you know certain parts of Louisiana but that doesn't really happen on a large enough scale to be the topic of an Oxford Union debate this is crazy. And this is serious. People laughed in this. And she felt very triggered about being attacked, about being laughed at. Her side of the debate won. Not, not her thoughts, but her side of the, debate about, of the debate about society needing to go meatless. It won. And I think, therefore, she wins by association. But people laughed at her presentation. It is crazy. This was absolutely nuts. And there's you can find the full 12-minute thing on YouTube. That's what I'm going to post on Facebook a little in a little while. So facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, you can find it there. I encourage you to watch the whole thing. The clips you can find on Twitter are abridged. You, you can tell the jumps where they've cut things off. They're just focusing on specific uh, phrases. And they're like just the epitome of woke phrases where she's throwing in white colonialism into the idea that we need to eat meat. And I'm not saying this as somebody who's opposed to the idea of like vegetarian burgers and stuff like that. I find some of the impossible foods actually pretty good. Um, I realize I'm in a minority probably in this audience on that, but I think they, they do taste good. The, 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 the impossible Whopper from Burger King is not a terrible burger. But the idea, the, the idea that wokeism is going to push for us that, that there are wokest reasons for us to go all vegetarian or all vegan is it's crazy. It is 100% nuts, but that's where we are right now where, you know, Republicans are accused often of being countercultural, but you know, we had, we had a bill who called in yesterday who made a great point the, the trans activist who got mad at Adele for saying that she was proud to be a woman, that she loved being a woman, 
was just prove that they aren't in the majority, that they aren't, that we're not the countercultural ones. It's them who are countercultural. It is these, you ha- we have to go all meatless people who are the countercultural ones. We're being treated as countercultural because we oppose these crazy ideas. It's weird, isn't it? There's a coordinated effort to make society, society as it prefers to be, countercultural. And the activists who are coming in are the new culture. It is very weird, isn't it? 232-1542, if you want to join in the conversation in these last couple of minutes. I intended only to bring this up as a joke, but y'all, it's very, very, it's funny, but it's also really weird that we have serious, and this, this, um, this, this person, this, it's at, this is at the Oxford Union. It is in England at Oxford University, but this is an American woman. She wrote also something about, about the sexual politics of eating meat in the Trump era or something like that. Like, this is, this is crazy. But that's where we are. I, I am going to close with this. We live in a time period where the vocal minority thinks it's winning and the media wants us to think that they're winning. But the media, the trust in them is on the decline. Their ratings are on the decline. These countercultural movements lose their mind when you mention, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting some texts that I cannot read over the air. The never again, um, never again believe when they say that you're the countercultural once you society's on your side we see it time and again thank you guys very much for listening we will be back on monday here on the joe cunningham show on news talk 965 kpel